Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode 275. Hey, I'm your host, Christopher Jones. We're here to talk football. Not just football, Canadian football, CFL football. Why? Because it's the best. It's exciting. Okay? We love our game. We may not love our teams, but we love the game. Yeah, yeah, CFL fan for life. Oh, no, sorry, that's Lions fan for life. I don't know if I am. Okay. Shit, what's going on? You know, I've been a fan of the CFL, BC Lions in particular, since 1971. 1971, I went to see my first CFL game. I was nine years old, and I've been a fan ever since. And I've been going to games ever since, and I've had season tickets for I don't know how many years, on and off, depending on financial situations, uh, where I'm living, uh, all sorts of garbage. Um, yeah, I'm still a fan. I still watch every single game. But last night pissed me off let me tell you i threw my ipad across the room fumble interceptions fumbles what is going on you guys can't have no control over the ball yeah and then they fought back came back writers are garbage and they 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 let you stay in the game after you what three or four um turnovers and and then you can't get one fucking yard with less than a minute left in the game, one yard, you can't do it. Third and one, and you can't do it. God damn, I'm pissed off. How 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 does this shit happen? I'm sorry, but you know what? If you can't get one yard on a third down, there's something seriously the matter with your team. There's something the matter with the O-line. There's something the matter with the relief quarterback. And there's something the matter with the goddamn coaches. I'm pissed off. I've supported this team forever, and I'm sitting there watching them fall apart like idiots. And Saskatchewan's defense was not outstanding. Your offense was pathetic. I don't know what else to say. I it's Fuck, I'm tired of this. I, I really am. You're a better team than a 3-28 record that you have, or whatever the hell it is. It's not good. Hey, I don't know. I'm done with this. I, I got nothing else to say. And, you know, speaking of rants, Mark Weddle, Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan, your turn. You rant. Wonderful. Um, bomber fans. I'll use one of Christopher's words. Are you fucked? Not only are you blaming Bob Irving for the loss last night and the 27-year fucking Grey Cup drought. You attack an old man that has never played the game and has been an amazing supporter of the CFL and the Bombers his entire life. It just royally pisses me off. All night last night, I'm having to listen and read these idiots. First, they're blaming the offense. And then when I throw up my stats that show 
two and outs, four in the second half, 58 net yards with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And then, okay, it's now it's the defense's fault. The defense held the best team in the CFL outside of Kamar Jordan. They held Calgary to within a seven-point deficit with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That's damn fucking good when your offense is getting you 58 yards. The Bomber fans right now are trying to get rid of Nichols. They're making him sound like he's Drew Willie. Yeah, he is not playing well, obviously. You want Drew Willie back, guys? You can have him. The Bomber fans right now are ridiculous. They have forgotten Mike Kelly. They have forgotten Joe Mack. Yeah, they suck right now. Guess what? We're still in a playoff position. Are you nuts? That's it. That's that's more than enough because I'm just going to keep going the rest of the night if I keep going. So <laughs> they're just fucking pissing me off. It could be a lot worse. Mark, tell us what you really think. Hey. How do you feel tonight? <laughs> I'm wound up. Would you attack? Don't, don't hold anything back. I am. Would you attack an old man? that calls football games on the radio and you blame him for a 27-year Grey Cup drought? Hello? The mess has gotten real bad in this city. That's about all I could think. (laughs) It's just, it's pissing me off. I've had enough. I'm going to call the Bombers down as much as anybody else in this city, but I am not going to call down a radio broadcaster. Well, Does that hardly make sense his to anybody fault. here right now? But Bob Irving has stuck his foot in his mouth several times this year already. I mean, All going off. All reporters do. Yeah, yeah. All media so, guys do. But he's responsible for the 27-year Grey Cup drive? Hello? Nope. <laughs> All he does is call the games, okay? He does and not he make them perform. He calls a spade a spade. He calls a spade oh, no, a spade. We're not allowed to use that word. Yes, I am, because it's a thing you shovel shit with. That's not the definition in that term. If you look it up in the dictionary, yes, it is. Yeah, well, we know better. Okay, enough. Enough of this, enough of this bullshit. Anything else you want to say? Or do I no, open up the mics and bring in our other two buddies? Other than I'm finally glad to be back on the show, finally. Well, it's about time you got back. Off camping. I can't believe you go off in the middle of nowhere so that you cannot watch football for two weeks. It, it hey, makes the last no two weeks sense. I was able to watch football because yeah. I was out of, just outside of Kenora and I actually had a television set. Yeah, but you couldn't call into the radio show. What's more important? Come on. Come on. Okay. I, I'm, I, I would have been shot. Yeah, I don't know that. Okay. <laughs> Charles. Charles Cliff. Welcome Hello. to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing do you want, well. Do you want to continue you? my rant? Well, you got I've, got actually, uh, I've got a different topic to rant on. Your rant did really well on the team, but like uh, Mark, I've got a rant to go on about the Lions, some of the Lions fans from last night. And have none of you ever watched a football game or been to a football game? I mean, what is the basic cardinal rule for fans? when you Be team... quiet when the offense is on the field. Be quiet. Thank you. So why some of these clowns decided to go off and start doing the wave while 
the offense has the ball. They're literally putting on the big screen. Shut offense up. is at work. They're specifically putting it there because they want you people to shut up. What are they doing? Doing the wave. Get real. And then I complain about it on Facebook, and I uh, <laughs> get people telling me, oh, you're a, you're a, a party pooper or you're grumpy. And stuff. It's got nothing to do with that. It's they called you a grumpy like old man. A grumpy old man and a party pooper, blah, 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 blah. First of all, I'm 40. I'm hardly an old man, especially on this show. And, uh, hey, hey, anyway, hey. <laughs> I resemble that remark. I'm just kidding. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but it's true. Um, but come on. I want the team to have the best possible chance of winning. And how can I help contribute to that? Keep my mouth shut when they're trying to move the ball and they're trying to talk in the huddle or call audibles. Don't go doing the stupid wave. If you want to do the wave, wait till the other team has the do, do the wave all you want. Don't do it when your own team has the ball. You sound foolish. No, you are foolish. You are foolish. Ugh. No doubt about it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Wake up. You're not rookies, or maybe some of you. But, you know, I thought about it afterwards. There were, of course, unfortunately, a lot of Ryder fans in the building last night. I Always bet is. They're the ones that start- I bet they're the ones that started it. They knew exa- exactly what they were doing, I think. I don't think you're right. Moron. I really don't. I no, think there's just too many don't. moronic fans out there that don't. They're, they're there to, I don't know. I don't know. How was the stadium? Was there a lot of people there? Yes, the, the biggest crowd of the season. Okay, so that uh, always is yeah. with the Riders. But, right. yes, there were a lot of Rider fans there. But there was a lot of other BC Lion fans, or, I'm sorry, people in the stadium, not necessarily fans of either team, but they were in the stadium not knowing anything about football and trying That's to cheer on true. the home team. So these are guys yeah. who do not know any better and they're out there doing that, and probably blocks of like 50 or 60 people that show up because the Lord, Lord Co. had a, a, a deal on the tickets or, or Boston Pizza or something like this. You know, it, it's just it's ridiculous. People just get the tickets to go in there, and they don't dick squat about football, and they think they're cheering on the team and helping them out. So yeah. I know, no, I know right exactly what you're talking about, and I'm glad that these people are there and get to witness a CFL team but I wish they could have seen their team get one fucking yard with a minute left in the game so that they could at least make an attempt to tie it, if not win. That, yeah, that would have been a plus as well. Yes, it would have been. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I got to let Will in. He, his team actually won. Oh. It did. It did. It was, it was the only game this week that we actually picked correctly. Will. Yeah, I'm good. I, I was just going to mention a couple of things. Number one, I guess because Christopher Jones has been in my house now, I've rubbed off on him because he started throwing his iPad. Okay, that's that's <laughs> usually my move. Okay, so I guess I rubbed off on him, and I didn't even hey, say anything about it. You, you know, well, just I last week, as you know, uh, we we. We both had anniversaries, right? Yes. This was my 30th anniversary, and my wife, 
my dear wife, love her to bits, bought me a brand new iPad because my other one's screen was broken in many places. We have no idea how that happened, but it's broken in many <laughs> places. And she went out and yeah. bought me this, this case called a life proof. And it's supposed yeah. to be like watertight to like one meter. That's correct. I have but one it on mine. Bounces really well. <laughs> so my brand have, new iPad I, I, did not suffer any injuries because of my immaturity. I have put the the life proof iPad case and an iPad on the roof of my car and driven away and come around the corner and it's flying off my car and man it's still in one piece. So they do work. You know, so that was I have the first an, thing. Go I have ahead. an otter box on my phone and I yes. do like it. I do like the life proof box better, but I want you to know I've ri- driven over a otter box with my excavator and and the phone was fine. The otter box was mm-hmm. not fine, but the phone was. Mm-hmm. And that's his job. Yeah. Okay. So there's you throwing the, 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 the iPad, so that's me. And, okay, this is my biggest pet peeve of all time. As most people know, or if you don't know, let me educate you a little tiny bit. In the CFL, yes, the we know lines this. of scrimmage are a yard apart from each other. Yes. When you when you have third down and one, there is never an excuse not to get a first down. Agreed. I have played on many football teams where the offensive line coach used to tell us, if you guys do not get first down on a third and one, do not come back to the bench ever. And I don't know how it happens. I can Walk see how the there's end. goal lines. I can see how there's 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 goal line stances in the NFL, but not in the CFL. I don't get it. I never have. I never will. But that's just me. You've got to be some piece of fucking shit not to be able to get one yard on third and one. Absolutely, your offensive line just has to be quicker than the defensive line. It's that simple, and they should be quicker because they know the snap count. Pretty simple. Yeah. Anyways, that's how it was explained to me. The uh, third thing I want to talk about is Bomber fans are blaming a reporter for not winning the Grey Cup for 27 years. Really? That's correct. That's correct. Really? Really? Is that a tweet Todd posted? Uh, yeah, yeah, he like, actually posted like, proving it. Um, unaccountable? I thought you guys unac- were exaggerating. Reporters, reporters that are unaccountable? What is no, no, no. Hang, hang on, accountable hang on. for? This is yeah. why Winnipeg can't have a winning team and a championship is whining players and unaccountable reporters. I'm sorry, how does an unaccountable reporter interfere with a winning team and, and or a championship? Okay, I really want to know where this guy's logic is. Because there isn't any. There isn't any in that statement. This is an idiot. Zero. Zero. You know, I don't want to say anything bad about Winnipeg because I do still love Winnipeg to this day. Okay? My whole family still lives there. I like going there. But 30 years ago, 
my boss came up to me and said, hey, Will, we're opening an, an office in, in Calgary. Would you be interested in going? And I said, let me think about that for a second. And it took me 13 seconds, and I said yes. So, interesting concept. Anyways, but whatever. Okay. And on top of that, my Calgary Stampeders won the game yesterday, and as par usual, they make Will sit in his chair and chew on his fingernails and bitch and gripe and moan. (laughs) And then when you think, oh, this is going to be a close game, they just turn it on, and it's like, wow, did they actually just do that in like six minutes? Did they actually do that? Did did a defensive lineman get an interception and run for run for a pick six? Really? So I, these the Stampeders are hard for me to figure out. I'm not going to try and figure them out. I I believe that Calgary always always doesn't matter how much they're down, they always have a chance to win. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, we're going to move on a little bit, but before we do that, I want to yep. put out. I, I want to. Uh, I don't know, recite, I don't know what else to say, Bob Irving's tweet in response to this idiot. He goes, I've never been called unaccountable before or been blamed for the Bombers' 27-year breakup drought. Big day for me. Okay, I think he's been called unaccountable before, definitely. Uh, we've, we, we've called him that on this show, I'm pretty sure. But Probably. that's not the point. The point is that's that's on him personally. That's not on on the team. He's got no control over the team. If if the it, 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 they're not a marionette and he is not the puppeteer, okay. Bob Irving has no control over what Matt comes out of Matt Nichols' mouth or his arm, or what Andrew Harris does on the field, or Adam Big Hill, or any of the other former BC Lions. They're former for a reason. Okay, let's get in and talk about some football games because this is a seriously messed up weekend. No, again, again, like seriously, we had nobody's picking these games right. Why? Because they're not normal. This is not right. Edmonton into Hamilton to play the Tiger Cats in Timbit Fields. This is a no-brainer. Edmonton's just going to destroy them. But what happens? It wasn't that. Oh, my good Lord. I can't believe what happened. How did Hamilton beat Edmonton? Why? Well, you know, at the beginning of the season, I told you guys Edmonton was going to miss the playoffs because they're really not that good a team. Unfortunately, I forgot or didn't pay attention to to how stupid the BC Lions were going to be this year. Okay? So maybe Edmonton's not going to miss the playoffs. But they're not that good a team. I wasn't wrong. Mike Riley can't win every game by himself. Okay? So, here you go. Edmonton Hamilton. Talk to me about them. Who wants to go first? Oh, Mark, you haven't been on the show forever. Go. Sure, I'll go first. Um, One stat that just jumped out at me, I was just looking at them. Hamilton had the ball for 35 minutes throughout the game. 
They obviously didn't have the ball much in the second quarter because Edmonton scored 24 points in that quarter. They didn't score another point in the other three quarters. How um, some of the drives, like I went by play by play, Hamilton had some like um, 13 or 14 play drives. You know, this is kind of leading like with the Bombers. It's not the Edmonton offense's 100% fault in that game. Hello, defense. You got to get the guys off the field sometimes. When you have the ball that much, there's absolutely no way you're going to lose the game. Hamilton was full marks. They played, other than the second quarter, they played a really, really tough game. Uh, Edmonton had some really bad drops by Calvin McCarty, too. I think that was actually one of the worst games I've seen him play. <laughs> he dropped three or four first-down catches, which is really unusual for him. But, you know, Mike Riley did what he could. He was under pressure almost every snap. It, Hamilton was just everywhere on defense. Uh, they caught Edmonton napping. Big time. I guess Edmonton thought after the 24-point second quarter that it was going to be an easy game, which you do see happen. We've seen Ottawa do it. But, wow, with Edmonton's high-powered offense and you don't score a point outside of the second quarter, you don't get one in the first, you don't get one in the third or fourth. You don't even get a field goal or a rouge. That's then watching Moss on one of Edmonton's touchdowns, I thought he was going to punch the Gatorade. He slammed his cup down, he shoved his hat down, and stalked down the sidelines. I don't get it. They're just shooting themselves in the foot nonstop. Hamilton was really full (laughs) marks of that victory. And obviously none of us picked it. Because like you said, why the hell would you? And it's really Please getting interesting. Please speak for yourself, right Mark. Oh, right. Sorry, Will. I, obviously, I didn't listen. I forgot that you did. Yeah, but hang on. Hang on. Stop for a second. Will did not pick Hamilton to win. Will he picked, picked, it. Will picked <laughs> Edmonton to lose. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. right. Okay. It had nothing to do with whether or not Hamilton was capable of beating Edmonton. It had everything to yeah, do with did. how much he despises it, it, it did. It did. the Edmonton Eskimos. It did. If you go back and listen to the podcast, I the reason I picked Hamilton is is as Mark or no Chris as Chris has been saying all year, Edmonton's defensive backfield is horrible. And Jeremiah has four hundred and twenty yards. Right, and Jeremiah Mazzoli is a decent quarterback, and he ripped them apart. He only completed was 51% of his passes, but he had 419 yep. yards. Yep. He had 130, almost 140 yards rushing. Yep. There was no answer on Edmonton's defense at all. Tasker had 156 yards in receiving. Yep, yep. So, no, they had no answer. And that's it. Go ahead. Okay. Well, continue. It's all yours, Will. Well, I mean, you know what? It was actually quite an entertaining game, too. I, I enjoyed it. I watched the whole thing from start to finish. And, 
you know what? I I had my doubts after the second quarter, but then, I mean, Edmonton didn't do anything after that. And Mike Riley only getting 250 yards. I'm, I'm thinking Hamilton's defense did play quite well. And once again, the key with Mike Riley is he got to get to him. And they seem to have gotten to him a little bit. So I, I, I don't think, I don't think Edmonton is a good football team. And it's not just because they don't like them. I don't think they're a good football team. And uh, you would think they would have made some more effort in the offseason to get some more players so that they could make it to the great cap. But I, they should make it to the playoffs, maybe. That's still in question as well. But uh, Hamilton just played better, and, you know, they won. So there's not much you can say about that. They just won. That's all that matters. As long as you win, you're going to be there. And I, I'm, I don't know if we'll see. You know what? Once again, Labor Day is coming up. That's Next where you week. really see what teams are. That's what you really see what teams are like. And we'll see how Edmonton does in Calgary on Labor Day before I ever pass judgment on them. But if I follow Chris's plan, um, Bo Levi Mitchell will tear them apart. But we'll see. Go ahead. I'm just reading an article by Wally Buono. You know what it, the, the headline is? When you can't make plays, you must not have the right guys. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, I read that. I read that too. Makes sense. Yeah. That, is that not what I said? Yep. Yeah. I said you don't have the right players. If you can't make one fucking yard, there's something the matter. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Charles. Yes. You go on this one now. All right. Well, one conclusion that I've drawn from this game between Edmonton and Hamilton is that the Edmonton Eskimos defense is truly awful. When you give up a 400-yard passer, a 100-yard rusher, and two 100-plus-yard receivers, you're not going to win many games like that. I don't care who you are, and I don't care who you're playing. Um, Other than the uh, second quarter, even the Edmonton's offense was horrifically ineffective. 250 yards is nothing for Mike Riley. He's a, a regular three to 400-yard passing quarterback. They had nothing going in this one. Uh, they fell behind early, went up 24 to 10 at the half, and I think they kind of got ahead of themselves. I think they thought they were home and cooled out, and that just wasn't the case in this one. They, Hamilton wasn't great at putting up points. They got four field goals from Haralahu and uh, a touchdown for Alex Green. Still only one touchdown pass from Mazzoli, but he was at least moving the ball again. And quite frankly, they torched his defense. And this defense was 557 total yards of offense for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. There's the game right there, folks. You are not going to win hardly any games when you give up 557 yards of offense. Your defense 
can't stop anybody. And when they can't stop anybody, that means your offense isn't on the field enough. And the offense, what, is the, what it was on the field, well, when the quarters didn't say two on it, they were ineffective because in quarters one, three, and four, they got shut out. And that's the other thing. Typically, if you get shut out three or four quarters, you're not going to win that game either. And they didn't. And I don't know. This team is really not – they're okay, but I have trouble. I know a lot of people have said that uh, they're uh, in the upper echelon with Calgary. Right now, not in my books, they're not even close. I'm sorry, they're just not. Uh, I don't think anyone is in the upper echelon with Calgary. As I've said before, it's Calgary number one, Montreal number nine, and then teams two through eight are all scrambled, and they get slotted in different spots each week. And if these past two weeks in the CFL haven't proven that, you're not paying attention because that's what we've got right now. Yep. Can't argue. And I'm I'm not even totally convinced we can't bring Montreal up a, a notch. Well, they won this week, so maybe maybe you can. Maybe it's two through nine going forward. Who knows? Yeah, two through nine in any particular order. I don't give a shit. It's Calgary and everybody else. I mean, Montreal played a decent game. All right. Final score, Edmonton Eskimos, 24. The Hamilton Tiger Cats, 25. Walk-off field goal. No time left remaining on the clock. Hamilton wins this one in Timbit Field for the fans. They enjoyed it. They take it home. I can't believe it happened, but I'm glad it did. Uh, Everybody picked Edmonton to win except for Will. Will, 28-24. That's not even a bad score, right? Man, you were only out by three points. You didn't even have to be that close to win. You just picked them. Okay, big circle for Will. Next game up, Toronto Argonauts, Montreal Alouettes in Montreal. This is another game that was indeniable. Nobody thought the question, who thought Montreal could play football. None of us. There's no way they could play football. They did. And they didn't play bad football. Not that Toronto played great football. But that's it. Montreal Alouettes defeat the Toronto Argonauts. William, what do you think of this game? Wasn't that bad, was it? I actually I actually I actually thoroughly enjoyed this game. It was back yeah. and forth the entire game. Um Sorry, is it is it Pipkin, Montreal's Pipkin. quarterback? Yeah. He man, he didn't look Antonio. bad at all. He looked like a real quarterback. Hey, twenty-two of thirty-two for a sixty-eight percent completion rate, three hundred and three yards. And he was stoked too whenever he scored. So hey, you know what? Did they find their quarterback? Or does Johnny Manziel get to come back in again? Manziel will come back I mean, because they're paying him the big bucks, right? But, hey, everybody's talking about quarterback controversy in Montreal. Well, let's put it this way. They have a they have a second-string quarterback now. And, like, uh, 
Labor Day is coming up, guys. Mind you, I guess I guess Drew Willie's still injured, so they can't cut him. Because I would be thinking that he would be the next guy to go. But well, he's because just, he he's is just on the, faking the injury until after Labor Day, and then he gets paid for the whole season. I, I, I guess so. I guess so. No, you know what? Very competitive game by both teams. It came right down to the end, and and Montreal won. And you know what the heck? They they looked pretty decent. Their defense looked pretty decent. How does uh, how does John Bowman do that? Okay, he's thirty plus years old. He's he tore his bicep muscle two or three weeks ago, and he's playing. And he's he's their star on defense. Okay. And and he's playing quite well for an old guy. So, well, quarterback sack and five tackles, not bad. Yeah, yeah, not bad for a guy with a torn biceps muscle, because that didn't heal in three weeks. Sorry. Nope. Put some put some tape on it and make it work, okay? But yeah, so hey, Montreal deserved to win, but then on the other hand, uh, <clears throat> so did Toronto. So, well, well Bethel, know, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson did not play a bad game. His numbers are no, actually better not. than Pipkin. Absolutely. So, you know, it was just a close game. That's what it came down to. And Do you know uh, where you know where this game was won or lost. James yeah, Wilder Jr. was the leading rusher for the Toronto Argonauts. He had nine touches. Yeah. No, nine. I think it was the. I think it was the superior play calling of Kahari Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, Just I'll put thought. my money on that Just one. Just a thought. Sure. Just a thought. Okay. And uh, he was up in the booth and he wasn't wearing a hat. So, you know, he was doing his best. So it is what it is, baby. They won. That's all that matters. You know what the difference in the time yeah. of possession was between these two teams? 35 seconds? 10. 10 seconds. 10 seconds, really. 29.55 to 30.05. Wow. So that was a close game from the get-go. That's what we all watched. And and like I said, I, I, I love competitive games, regardless of what teams they are. And it was a competitive game, so. Mm Mm-hmm. Total offense was almost the same. First downs were almost the same. Second down conversions were almost the same. It's just it, 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 these teams were just like meant to play each other. Does that mean Montreal isn't as bad as we think they are? Or does that mean that Toronto is worse than everybody thinks they are? Good question. Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. Defensive tackles. It was 43 defensive tackles by Toronto. There was 42 defensive tackles by Montreal. Pretty even. <laughs> Pretty even. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Charles. Talk about this game. Well, this was an entertaining, close game. I mean, say what it was. I mean, uh, 
And all of a sudden, whether it's valid or not, there's a lot of people saying, well, is Johnny Manziel going to get back onto the field? Um, I think that's actually a topic uh, we're going to broach later. Um, Are we? Cool. Actually, no, no, it's not. It's not on here, I don't think. Well, we can talk about it later if we want. We'll see what happens. But uh, the Pipkin looked good. In fact, he's looked good two weeks in a row. Um, I thought he was decent last week, and uh, he was that much better this week. And boy, talk about a guy who was fired up to play, especially on his second touchdown. He, he uh, Pipkin, along with his good passing yardage, actually had uh, two rushing touchdowns in this game. Uh, and the second touchdown, it was on a quarterback sneak in the second half. And boy, he was so fired up. I mean, he was so fired up after the touchdown, he took it on sportsmanlike penalty. But I mean, this guy was in it. He was pumped. He was jacked to be there. And I think that kind of rubbed off on the um, on the uh, Alouettes. And I think you're starting to finally see some guys wake up there. Uh, Ernest Jackson at 75 yards receiving. So he's finally waking up because he's been a ghost for the first part of this season. And like you said, I think one of the big things here in the um, with this game is James Wilder Jr. held to only 29 yards. Yeah, but and only nine, nine carries. carries. Yeah. Well, that's what that guy needs to have the ball more. You can't just give him nine carries. Um, he's effective when he's getting the ball 15 to 20 times a game. Nine carries ain't going to cut it. Um, so they went away from the rushing game, which I think is a mistake. I think they got to keep pounding away, and that's how you have success. But they didn't do that. Uh, Bethel Thompson, McLeod Bethel Thompson, uh, he had a good game again. I mean, not good enough to win, but, um, you know, he's doing good. But now we'll see how he reacts in the next game. A, it's going to be the Labor Day Classic against uh, Hamilton. B, uh, he's finally coming off of a loss now. So we'll be interested. Young quarterback, let's see how he reacts after a loss. So very, very uh, interesting to see going forward. Um and I'm interested to see what happens at quarterback next week uh, with the Alouettes. If Johnny Menzel, it seems like the talk is he's back and ready. He went through the walkthrough last week. So if Johnny football is ready, does he get back behind center next week? Or do they go back to Pipkin? I know a lot of people are calling for Pipkin to start, whether or not Manziel's healthy or not. So we'll see what Mike Sherman wants to do. I suspect, like uh, CJ said, that because of the fact that they're paying him that much money and they have the big hoopla making the trade and stuff like that, if he's healthy, I think Manziel starts. But if he falters, uh, maybe a short leash, and maybe we see Pipkin quicker than we normally would have. But uh, a good win for the Alouettes. Let's see uh, if they can build off that and get further out of the basement. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mark, you're last. Next. You know, Will is right about the way that uh, Bowman played. I haven't seen him that fired up in a long time with that massive wrap around his bicep there. And with, like you said, you're not come, you're not healthy from a torn bicep or tricep, whatever it was, after three weeks. And he was blitzing, he was coming off the edge, he was taking on Wilder, he was taking on linemen. It was great to see. And the thing with Pipkin is, Montreal already cut him once. 
he was in training camp. Yeah. And they cut him. That's and right. And they brought him back with, with all the other guys that they've cut. Because what is he, the eighth quarterback that started for them this year? I think is what they said. Um, have they found their quarterback? We don't know. It's only one mm-hmm. game. But for that one game, and he was just a monster. He's the reason they won. I thought in the, at the end of the third quarter, I thought, uh-oh, they've been outscored 12-1. to Toronto's making a comeback here. They've got a lead. Has the enthusiasm worn off? And Kahari Jones is actually the perfect offensive coordinator for this guy because, as the announcers kept telling us, he loves to throw a deep ball. And, man, he can throw a deep ball. He's got a great, accurate arm. So it's the perfect offensive coordinator because, as CJ, you and Charles know, Jones loves the gunslinger. He got one, and it it paid off. He made some huge throws. But I was really impressed in the fourth quarter with the way they mounted a comeback and just kept on going. Um, and at the end of the game, to see all the players running off the field, celebrating with the fans, and there were some fans on the Let's Talk CFL page kind of calling the players and the Montreal fans out about it, that, you know, big deal. You haven't won a great cup. It's one win. That's their first win in 18 months at home. That's huge. As a Bomber fan, I know that feeling from years ago where, woohoo! we actually won a football game. It's exciting. It was great to see the excitement coming from the fans. Um, I'm not sure who it was that got a touchdown. It might have been on the Pipkin sneak into the end zone where they all went running to the fans, and the fans were high-fiving them. That's what you want to see in Montreal. That is what they need. Do they need Johnny Manziel coming in? Uh, No. It's going to happen because, like we've all said, he's the guy. But hopefully it's a very short leash because that Pipkin kid, if he can continue to grow, you know, he's got the skill set. He's got a great arm. He threw some throws, like, almost sidearmed. You know, like how Kalaros does that little sidearm throw. He threw quite a few of those, so it was good to see. Montreal, I can't believe saying this, was full marks for the victory. Yeah, so good on them. It was nice to see. It was a great game to watch. I thought it was the best game of the week. And who any of us would have thought that the Eastern Toilet Bowl, as it was kind of called, would be the best game of the weekend. Nobody on this podcast. <laughs> but that's it. Go ahead. Awesome. Okay, is that the wrap on the entire game? Toronto loses to Montreal Alouettes 25-22. Wow. Charles, you picked Toronto. Will, you picked Toronto. Mark, you picked Toronto. Chris, you picked Toronto. CJ, you picked Toronto. No one wins the star. Aw, shucks. Next game, a little more predictable. Winnipeg Blue Bombers heading over to Calgary to play the Stampeders in McMahon Stadium. Wow. Guess what happened? 
Calvary 1. Duh. Okay. Mark, I'm going to start you off with a big blue bomber fan. What do you think of the game? I'll go relatively quick on it because I know Will's going to want to talk about his team winning. He's not going to talk about his team winning. He's not going to (laughs) gloat. He doesn't have a lot to gloat about it if you look at three quarters and about seven minutes of the game. Winnipeg's defense, contrary to popular belief, I thought played a great game. They really had Bo Levi Mitchell running around in the pocket. Hey, he even ran for a 10-yard first down. I I saw that. And then he tripped over his shoelaces or something, didn't he? Pretty much. Because it wasn't um, a hook slide. You know, it was good to see. There was tons of pressure. The D-backs were right on the majority of the receivers, other than Kamar Jordan and his record-setting game. Uh, What was it, 240 yards did he get? I think 47. It was 47. 247. Yeah, that was close. Um, and that was a that was a just so you know that was a 50 year record. And they were honoring the guy that had the record for the diversity of strength. That's correct. <laughs> so, you know, perfect timing on that one. But the thing that really bugged me from the bomber standpoint was just the dead offense. Other than the Strevler trick play on the third and one or second and one for the that long That was actually a good play. I like that one. It was a great play. You know, and it I thought, was a great okay, play. this is good. And they were actually getting Strevler in more, which they hadn't done lately. So it was good to see that. But again, Calgary just owns Andrew Harris. He's had one hundred yard game against Calgary in his career. They've held him to 60 yards or less, I think, in just about every other game. He was a non-factor. Now, he only ran the ball, like you guys were saying about Wilder. Harris only ran the ball nine times in a close game, in a very close game. That up until seven minutes to go or so or eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter was anybody's game. I'm not going to put all the blame on the offense. I'm going to put the majority of the blame on them because, like I said in my rant, you had six two-and-outs, four of them in the second half. I think they had another two or three drives of three plays and punt. So when your defense is going back on the field that fast against Calgary, you're setting yourself up for that pass over the middle which the Bomber defenders just can't seem to get to. I don't know if it's Loeffler is just too slow to get to the middle. Leggett had a horrible game. He was nowhere near anybody. Um, it, it just The secondary just died with the eight minutes to go. And even then, it really came down to a defensive lineman getting a pick six. So all the Bomber fans are losing their shit right now. You know, the playoffs, there's no chance, blah, blah, blah. We went toe-to-toe with the unquestioned number one team in the CFL and number one by a long shot. There's nobody really close to Calgary right now. The Bombers went toe-to-toe with them. They just couldn't keep up, and their offense did nothing. I think the Bombers' best receiver was Drew Wolatarski. 
And I'm pretty sure the other three guys on this podcast are probably saying, who? I'm sure most people are, yep. Yeah. I like the kid. He's he's one of those kind of, you call them fake Canadians. Because his mother was born in Canada, even though he'd never been to Canada, I think. Um, he's going to be good, but when he's your top receiver, there's your problem in Winnipeg right now. Without Dressler, their receivers are probably close to the weakest set in the CFL. You've got Darvin Adams taking 100 yards of offense and some key first downs away because he can't catch a football. And, okay, a couple of them were maybe tough catches, but Calgary seems to be able to have guys that make these tough catches. It, it's There's the problem right now, I really think, is the receivers in Winnipeg. And that's what cost them the game. There was too many drop balls. Well, that's it. Go ahead. Well, yeah. talk to us about this Calgary game. How, how, you know, let's first talk about there has not been a good weather game in Calgary this season. Okay? It was horrible. It was hot and muggy, and there was so much smoke. It was ridiculous. Um, Don't blame that on BC, okay? Well, you know what? Well, I, I whatever. Anyways, I'm not going to talk about BC. Um, one of the important things about the record Kamar Jordan set yesterday was, I don't know if anybody realizes this, Calgary is in develop, into developing players. I don't know if anybody realizes that Kamar Jordan was on Calgary's practice roster for two and a half years before they let him play football much. And and they do very well at developing players, obviously. Okay? I mean, two and a half years on the practice roster, most guys would quit. But he believed in the direction he was going in with Calgary. Anyways, you know what? Um... Calgary or Winnipeg did play well. Their defense played well. Um, I believe the true sign of a loser is a team that uses trick plays and that third and one and they throw a pass. Third and one and they throw a pass. Third and one they throw a pass. If you don't complete that, you if you complete that, 97% of the time it's going for a touchdown because nobody does that. Nobody except for Mike O'Shea. So, and good, all, you know, good on them. They scored early and quick, and all I can say was, yeah, but there's three and a half quarters left, guys, so don't get your hopes up. Um, you know what? They played them hard, but I think the biggest difference between Calgary and Winnipeg is Winnipeg wants to be close to people in the fourth quarter, and and they're good with that. Calgary, if they're close with people in the fourth quarter, they want to win. Period. They just want to win, and they will. If they're close, they're going to win most of the time, except if if it's in the Grey Cup. Anyways, but that's kind um, of important. That's an important game. Yeah, yeah, I, it I, is. I, I might it not is. know much it about is. the CFL, but I, I've heard yeah, the Grey no, Cup's kind is. of important. It is. It is. But you know, I mean. Uh, and you got to give credit to Bo Levi Mitchell. And, and just so you guys know, he did not trip. He did not trip. 
okay, he was going for the first down. If he had a hook slid, he wouldn't have got the first down. That's why he crumpled like a little fetal position baby uh, to get over the first <laughs> down line, okay? I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. And just so you guys know, when he ran, when he ran for that first down, he got a standing ovation in Calgary, okay? Because he does, he does not run, okay? He doesn't want to run. He will not run. He doesn't like to get – I'm going to concede all these things. He doesn't like to get hit, okay? He just wants to throw the football. That's it. I mean, he said if he had his way, he'd throw the football on every down. But luckily they have a balanced attack. Um, the running game was not that bad, but you know what? Full marks to Winnipeg, they played, they played extremely well until, you know, I mean, what quarterback throws two interceptions to defensive linemen? <laughs> and if you've heard, you 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 have heard you have heard Chris on this podcast saying what kind of a special defensive lineman Jagarrett Davis is because they say athletically he is just unbelievable, and uh, I mean on his pick six he six he stepped right into the passing lane he knew what he was doing, and he ran in for a touchdown and. You know, full full marks to Calgary. They could have taken that game lightly. They could have been thinking about Edmonton and Labor Day, but they didn't. And, uh, you know, they still aggravate me to no end when they when they don't play that well. And in the first quarter, let's or you could even say the first half until the end of it, Bo Levi didn't look very good because he was having problems with the Bombers' defense. That simple. But you realize that they kept on chucking that ball down the middle. I don't know if that is Taylor Loeffler. I don't know who that is, but they got to fix that. And, I mean, their defense did play well, but they let in 39 points, and Bo Levi had 400 and X amount of yards passing. So Highest passing game ever for him. That is correct. That is correct. And the way they were talking, there were some drop balls and some missed passes. They thought he could have had 700 yards yesterday. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Dunnigan-like game. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey. No, we're not buying that. You can't say. They're 8-1. and one. I mean, I, I – and all Back. those – I'm sure – I'm sure that that if, if – if, uh, Saskatchewan beats Winnipeg in the two Labor Day games coming up that all the Saskatchewan fans are going to say, well, this makes sense. We beat Calgary, and then Calgary beat Winnipeg, so that means we're going to win the Grey Cup. Guaranteed. Don't you love Here we come. Yes, I do. Anyways, that's all I got, guys. It seemed to be a lot. Yeah, well, Charles, 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 Charles. Got anything to say about this? Well, just a few things. I did not see a lot of this game because I was out. Uh, we got in free to the PNE yesterday, so I was at the PNE before the Lions game, and then I was en route to the Lions game. So I kept getting updates on the score on my phone. But um, I'm just going to go that we because we discussed this. Um, 
previously with um, regards to James Wilder. Look at the stats on um, Andrew Harris. Seven carries. What stats? All right. Pardon? What stats? What stats? Seven carries for 13 yards. Much like with um, James Wilder, if you're only giving Andrew Harris seven carries, you you may as well not even play him because he's not going to be effective. You well, need didn't to he get hurt? This, did it? Okay, that this did he get hurt? He got bad, his head banged into the ground in the fourth quarter, but okay. he also was on Instagram um, having a steak dinner today, so he's fine. Okay, so he's probably fine then. So. And that was in the fourth quarter. So even if he went out in the fourth quarter, he's got to have a lot more carries than seven in the first three quarters. That's just not worth. That's not worth it. Um, with a guy talented like that, the guy can change a game with one run. But if you're not giving him the ball enough, what's the point? It doesn't make any sense. So. I think really what you need to do is you've got to get him more involved in the offense. Uh, the more involved he is, the better. Um, so, yeah, and Calgary, you know what? It's just we've seen it before from them where they have slow starts and they just hang around, they hang around, and then, boom, they turn it on and it's um, it's like night and day. The Bombers only had 58 yards offense in the second half. Ouch. You're not going to be successful against the Calgary Stampeders getting the equivalent of five-plus first downs. That's not going to do it. You're not going to get it done that way. And Calgary's too good a team. Calgary, if you're going to beat Calgary, you've got to play solid for four quarters straight. They didn't do that, and that's what happens. So... Yeah, it's the way they play. The outcome is completely justified. And I know they're saying there's no quarterback controversy in Winnipeg. I'm sorry. You can say it all you want. I'm hearing rumblings now. Whether they're right or not, who knows. But after the start that Strevler got off to, we're going to see what happens. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Calgary back on the winning, winning ways after the blip last week. So... How long is this um, winning streak going to last? We're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah. Okay. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Calgary Stampeders, final score, Stampeders 39, Winnipeg Blue Bombers 26. Wow. Charles, you picked 38-21. That's pretty close, eh? Out by six points. Mm-hmm. Will, 47-15. Ooh. Little arrogant on the Calgary side, unappreciative un, un on the Winnipeg side. Mark, thirty to twenty-seven. Oh, you picked Winnipeg. Oh, sorry. Thank you for playing. Chris, forty-two thirty. Ah, that was pretty close. Out by three points on that one. For that's seven points you were out by. Will still got you there. CJ, thirty-eight. Oh, twelve. How did you pick twelve for? Winnipeg. That's kind of embarrassing. Okay. Uh, Charles, you won this one. First time since week one. There you go, bro. Week one, week 11. Every 10 weeks. Next one is oh, 21. We okay. Okay. Last I'll week see you the green season. cup. 
There you go. Okay, now, I'm not sure I have anything further to say about this next game. It was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders coming into BC Place, and nobody in this league, no fan in this league likes to have the Saskatchewan Rough Riders come into their hometown, ever, nobody, because of the annoying fans, okay? And let's just call it what it is. It, they are annoying, okay? And I really don't mind the BC Lions losing football games because somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. It's a fact of the life. But, man, do you have to fucking lose to Saskatchewan? Unbelievable. These arrogant fans in our own stadium, and then they get to gloat. Oh, man, I am so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. Charles, I am just very fortunate that I wasn't at this game. You were. I was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, by the way, your son needs a haircut. He's going to. For If you were wondering, he's actually – the reason he's grown it so long is he's going to donate it. That's why he's uh, been wanting to grow it so long. But he says he's going to get it uh, – cut off uh, before school starts. So that's only in about a week. So that's going to happen. Okay. All right. Very honorable reason. Very honorable. Yes. Yes. So on to this game, which was a frustrating game on many respects. Um, And for me, you're telling my iPad that. Oh yeah. No kidding. For me, it was a game of missed opportunities because the Saskatchewan Rough Riders gave the BC Lions every conceivable opportunity to win that football game, and they couldn't take advantage. It was so frustrating. They, they That game was there for the taking. Hell, that game was there for the Lions to win by double digits if their offense had ever gotten on track, which it never did. Ricky Collins, Jr., Good God, put some stickum on your gloves. Because I got sick of sitting there watching the ball hitting you in the hands all night. Same goes for you, Kevin Elliott. I'm sorry, but you two um, couldn't catch a cold last night. Um, Again, I'm going to go back to the running game again. Because you can make the same case uh, that I did in the last two games for this game. Jeremiah Johnson. I'm sorry. Where is it? Where is the? I'm trying to find the. Hold on. Here, sorry. I, Nine rushes. Page went down. Nine rushes. Again. When you, what is with these teams and giving their, um, giving their talented running backs single-digit rushes? Chris Rainey had three carries for 27 yards. That's a nine-yard average. Why are you only giving him three carries? When he's averaging nine yards a carry, it doesn't make any sense. But uh, the play calling was just atrocious last night. It was predictable, and it was boring. They could not move the ball. I kept kept saying to myself, well, maybe this is when they're going to get it done. Maybe this is when they're going to. They couldn't. No matter what, they kept shooting themselves in the foot because they kept calling. Because A, the receivers kept dropping the ball. And B, they couldn't, they could not come up with a creative play. They couldn't rush. It was just a frustrating night. They get an interception 
later in the in the latter part of the fourth quarter that sets them up first down at midfield at 55 yard line they're down by 3 points you really only need about 15 yards to get Ty Long into field goal range you couldn't do it you had a third and one where basically you could have kept the drive going and gone down and tied the game you couldn't get a single yard Anything that could go wrong for the BC Lions last night went wrong. Charles, Charles, Chris Rainey takes them down to the 25-yard line, and they get three points. Exactly. That's the whole thing. That's how the whole night went. Chris Rainey takes you to the 25. You don't have to do anything, and you've got seven points. Never mind the – I don't even think they got a first down after that. I think there was two in a field goal. It, it was. It was. It was so frustrating last night because Saskatchewan didn't play great. Anyone that – I'm sure the Ryder fan, Riders fans are all over saying how great they are. And look at us. Hey, we won again. They gave the Lions every opportunity to win that game. They – pretty much gave it to them on a platter. And the Lions pretty much slapped it out of their hands and said, no, thank you, because that's what it was. It was just ridiculous. Uh, I can't tell you how frustrating that game was because that game was there for the taking. All they had to do, if they make three or four plays that they screwed up on, three or four, that's all. They probably win that game. It was and I'm not putting it on the defense. The defense held Saskatchewan to four points in the second half. If you're holding a team to 24 points, if you've got a competent offense, you should win that game. They did it. It was frustrating. It was annoying. And I'm getting annoyed just talking about it again because that's how it went. I'm sorry. It was really annoying. But... We lost. Saskatchewan won. Good for them. You guys were in green. Get out. And that's <laughs> that's it. That's it. Get out. Get out of my stadium. Fucking bunch of bums. Sorry. Did I say it out loud? I'm sorry. I apologize. I shouldn't have said that out loud. Actually, to be honest, the people that were in green were sitting around me were very gracious, and they weren't rubbing it in, though that was nice. But I still yeah. want them to get out. I still want them to get out. But I'll say please to them. Will you? Okay. Yeah, I guess. I don't know why. Okay. Frustrating. Mark, tell us what you think of this game. You must have enjoyed it. BC sucks, right? Almost you know as what? As I said last night, I don't know if you saw it, Christopher, but as I said last night on the page, BC should have won that game by two or three touchdowns. Of course they, they should have. Yeah, it was. They were fabulous between the twenties. They were amazing, marching the ball down. Here's the big stat, and I think a huge coaching mistake. Ty Long was 5-for-5 five five on field goals, including one of 48 yards that he punted almost into the stands. He kicked almost into the stands. And yet, don't go for a field goal that tied the game. 
I know you've got time. I know it's third and one. You should, and it was a long one. I don't know. It was, maybe Will, it would have been a fifty-five it was, yarder. It was, yeah, and his career longest is fifty-three. So it's only two more 51. yards. Or fifty-one. 51. So it's, yeah. it's a couple more yards. It was a long yard. It was probably closer to almost two yards. It wasn't just like a yard. It was a long yard. And I know that you should get that. Yes. But you've got the biggest legged kicker in the CFL. No doubt there. Don't send him out. You don't send him out. He, it just Wally's made some decisions that he, and again when they showed him on the sidelines last night, he looks disinterested. He's not into the game like he used to be. All they do, all he does, is stand there and chew on his cheek. It's almost like he's a figurehead. It's a huge coaching mistake when there's time for you to kick that ball, and even if you miss it, there's still time on the clock. you got to go for that field goal. I know you hate field goals, Christopher, but you've got the no, biggest no, way to No, not when you need them. And I don't hate field goals when you need them. And they desperately needed did. that field goal. That. That not going for the field goal to tie the game and either getting the ball back or maybe even going into overtime, that just killed the season. It killed the season. He just, Wally keeps making mistake after mistake. I don't know if he just doesn't care or it's passed him by, but a lot of the problems, and obviously, like Charles said, you've got all the drop passes. There were so many. I think it was Collins that had one go through his hands and hit him square in the face mask. That was him. That was Ricky Collins. You're right. You you have to make that catch, especially after Burnham is killing himself making catches. Was that him in the end zone, Charles? Yep. That was just an insane catch. And then you've got a guy who lets it go through his hands and hits him square in the face mask. They shot themselves in the foot all More than game once. long. And then even at the end of the game, you've got the biggest leg kicker in the CFL, and yet don't send him out there. You got At some point, you got to go, you know what? we got to go for the points. We have to go for the points. It's, that was the, it was coaching. That, coaching and drop passes lost them the game. They should have won that game by two touchdowns. And like you said, Christopher, I'm the guy who says BC sucks. They should have won that football game. They lost it. Yep. Riders didn't beat them. No, 100% they lost that game. When you turn the ball over that many times and the team isn't beating you by 28, 30 points, Saskatchewan sucks. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't. Saskatchewan sucked in that game. The only thing is BC sucked worse. It was play calling, and it was at the end of the game. You've got to try the field goals. There was still time on the clock. If you miss that field goal, and Saskatchewan may or may not have even, they may have probably would have given up the point to get the field position back. But with Saskatchewan, they may have tried to run it out. Who knows? You've got to take that chance, though. You have to. It's coaching. 
Wally's never changed, and it's caught up to him. And where is Jerry Jackson? Jackson. Dubler not not do not changing, you know, not but evolving. Jerry was Jackson, when he came in, everybody talked about how he was going to have this crazy offense. It was going to be really, really innovative. It was going to be confusing, even. That was like what, the last couple of games. It's like watching Kahari Jones is still the offensive coordinator. It's long bomb, long bomb, long bomb. That's all it is. They're not getting the super short fields like they did two years ago when Jennings lit up the CFL. They're having to go long distances. And when you're always going on 20-yard passes, it just it doesn't always work. I don't see any difference in Jarius Jackson's offense to Kahari Jones's offense. I really don't. There's no running game. It's all passing. And it's all basic passing. It's not this confusing stuff that they talked about. It's just passing. There's no misdirection. There's no fake sweeps. Boule drops back, hopes he doesn't get killed, and throws the ball. That's it. No. Man, but, I'm but, having but, a but, tough time disagreeing with him. But, but you know, it, it, I mean, I don't blame Lule. Oh, no, I'm not putting it on Lule by any means. I, 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 I kind of, if I was playing football, I would hope that I didn't get killed. And I'm sorry, Corey Husband is not a starting center in the CFL. Uh, or Cody, don't get me going on that is. one. Yeah, don't get me going on that one. He's not. He's not a starter. He's a backup. He's not a starter right now. And they he's better than what we had. Oh, I know. Does this go on Ed Herbie? As Wally said in that article? Part of it, yeah. Did Wally not just throw Ed Herbie under the bus? Well, if you want to take it that way, you can. It's interesting. That's it. Go ahead. I don't think he threw Ed Hervey under the bus. I think he threw everybody under the bus. <laughs> Justifiably so. Mm-hmm. Well... Yes, I can't really comment on this game too much because last night I went out for my anniversary and my stepson's 41st birthday, so I didn't watch any of this game, and I did watch the highlights. My question is pretty simple. Um, Did Wally go for the third and one because he's got no confidence in his field goal kicker? No. Or did he go for the... Or did he go for the third and one because he thought it would be automatic? Yep. It should be automatic. Yeah. Yep. I don't think it's a confident thing because, uh, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Long was perfect all night. So I, I, I can't see it being a confident thing. All right. So so they let him down. So, you know, I uh, like I said, I didn't watch the game. I saw a couple of fantastic catches by Brian Burnham. Yep. Um, Travis Lule was doing Travis Lule, and uh, they had many chances to win this game. And once again, I'll repeat on this podcast, Saskatchewan ain't that good, guys. Sorry. 
So what the hell happened? I don't know. They they gave the they gave the Lions every chance to to beat them, and the Lions just didn't take it. Yep. Yep. So, but like no I said, I didn't watch much of it. Yeah. I think it's because Wally doesn't wear a headset. That's what it is. Don't make me hurt you. <laughs> Anyways, but you know what? And I think at the end of the season, regardless of what happens, we're going to say that, and regardless of what happens with BC, we're going to say that BC had every opportunity this year to make the playoffs if they do or if they don't. You know what I mean? Because the opportunities are there. Because, oh, they are. Let's, let's face it, the West is not that strong this year. So Not as strong as everybody thinks it is. Nope. Nope. And they've got five games against Eastern teams now. They should be very close to 500 football at the end of this road trip. God help mm-hmm. us. Let's see. Let's see if they are. Yeah, don't bet on it. Not the way they're playing. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But you never know. You never know. You know, Wally could actually do something. Yet again? Who knows? I don't know. I, I'm just tired of this. Okay. Saskatchewan 24, BC 21. Charles, Will. I lost. CJ, pick BC. Mark and Chris, it was up to you guys. You picked 37 20. Chris picked 30 20. He picked 30. Saskatchewan only got 24. Chris wins this one. There you go. Oh, my good Lord. What a terrible weekend of football. Good weekend of football, but a terrible week of football. Nobody won that was supposed to. Nope, that's true. And and the the Calgary-Winnipeg game, they were both supposed to lose. (laughs) And that's not possible. Actually, I was sitting there talking to somebody, and they go, well, who are you cheering for? And I said, neither team. I want them both to lose. And they looked at me, and they go, well, why are you watching this? And I said, well, because I want the red guys to win. But you just told me that you wanted them to lose. And I said, yeah, I do. But I want the other team to lose more. (laughs) So, I mean, it's true. That's kind of what happened. I want them both to lose but I want the Calgary to lose less. The gentleman then slowly walked away from you. <laughs> yes. yes, he did. He walked away. Okay. Oh. Actually, it wasn't possible because uh, he was sitting in the truck beside me as we were driving, so <laughs> couldn't get anywhere. I was listening to it on Sirius XM. Okay. Enough of this shit. Let's get past these football games and get to talking about something really interesting. Have we got Deron Carter and Johnny Manziel to talk about? Okay. Well, uh, 
Soon. 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 The Hamilton Tiger Cats lost wide receiver Chris Williams to a season-ending injury. Ruptured Achilles by the for all tents and uh all, all first reports, we don't know, we have confirmation on that, but we believe it's a ruptured Achilles. Now, this is his second one. I wonder if it's the same leg. I don't know yet. We haven't heard that one back. In the last three seasons, is he able to come back from this again? And can, will he, you know, do you come back and play football again? You do this a third time, you might not ever be able to walk again. And what do the Ticats do at receiver right now? Deron Carter got signed by Toronto, so he's not in the market. Charles, your questions. Is he All done? Right. Well, yes, I think he's done. I mean, this is his second major injury like this in three years. Um, even if he were to try to come back and play, how gun-shy is he going to be? This keeps happening to him. And quite frankly, I just don't see um, him coming back on this. I just think he's uh, damaged goods. I'm not sure what team's going to want to take a flyer on him. The guy is uh, going to get the um, he's going to get the um, uh, reputation of being injury prone uh, at this point. So I can't imagine that anyone's going to want to take this guy in after this because it's just. Um, he keeps getting hurt for long stretches. I mean, typically from an injury like this, you're uh, at least a year rehab, meaning you wouldn't be coming back till, well, really the midway part of next year. I mean, by that time, it's pretty much too late. I mean, I don't see anyone sitting there waiting for him to come back. And like you said, um, you keep getting injuries like that, sooner or later you're going to end up in a wheelchair not able to walk. Is it really what he wants to do? I think it's time for Chris Williams to hang him up. He's had some some success, but, I mean, really, you want, uh, when you're thinking about quality of life and stuff like that, uh, it's time that he, I think, moved on. As far as what the Ticats do, well, I thought maybe they might uh, – try and jump up for a, a, and make a play for Deron Carter, maybe last minute, try and steal him out from uh, under Toronto's noses. Well, that obviously not happening, seeing as he signed today, so that's not going to happen. Um, so, um, But one name I heard that um, bountied about today that is still available out there that could very well, uh, I think, end up back in Hamilton is Bakari Grant. Uh, he's mm. been there before. He's out there. He's still free on the market. So, yeah, I think that's uh, he's definitely a name that uh, I could see ending up back with Hamilton. So he's out there, free agent. Uh, he's been in Hamilton before. They need uh, they need him there, really. So, yeah, he would be a guy I would be certainly looking at. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Mark, Chris Williams, is he coming back? I don't think he'll be back. Definitely, obviously not this year, but like Charles said, it's time. The guy's got all the ability in the world. He's got a ton of speed. But these kind of injuries, that's your speed. You know, it's, it's just too much. And it's a shame because he took two steps. He wasn't touched. He wasn't even going full speed. 
He took two steps and just went down. So my nose, you know, it's, that's twice it's happened. It's, it's time. It's a shame, but he needs to move on. And, you know, I, obviously he will probably try to make another comeback. Um, if he does, hopefully he can make it, but I just don't see it. You know, he's just a burner, and you need your legs. <sighs> I just don't get these injuries, like with Durant and Nichols this year. And, are these guys working out too much? You know, it's, they take two steps, and, they, and that's it. There's no yeah, contact. Yeah, it's just it's weird. It's, it's a shame because he's fun to watch. That that was a question that we had last year, the year before. Yeah, is that we were having right. some amazing, major, absolutely major injuries on football players, the the likes we had never seen before, and you know the question came up: are are they working out too much? Are they making their bodies so strong that they got no flexibility, that they don't have any? elasticity in their muscles anymore or in their joints or whatever it needs to be that they're just they're just so strong they break you know when you have an absolutely strong piece of metal it's fragile you can shatter it with a hammer it's a good question it's a good question go ahead okay William did you chat jump on this one no you didn't it's your turn yeah you know what i don't think he's done yet he's only 30 years old he can come back from that injury i mean uh everybody comes back from that injury i know he's a burner but he's done this before and he's still a burner so i don't see why it would be any different and understand that he is a top echelon athlete in great shape and uh yeah, I still think you should give it another try. As far as uh, guys being too fit all the time, I do believe that's the problem. Because if you if you were if you go back thirty or forty years ago, guys used to use training camp to get into shape, well, and they were for. not in shape. That's right, they were not in shape all the time. Now these guys are so fit, and their bodies are stressed twelve months out of every year that they break okay and i mean as far back as and mark would probably remember this because i still remember this in 1974 uh lars eric schubert for the winnipeg jets um tore his achilles tendon and they said his career was over because you do not recover from achilles tendon back then and he was swedish so he went back to sweden and they had new technology and he actually came back and played for the Jets. And everybody thought it was a miracle, but that's how far technology has come to this day now, okay, because these guys are recovering. But I'm thinking if you give your body a little bit of rest, you know that old saying, do, every, do anything you want to but nothing in excess? That includes exercise, man. It really does. So, but I think he'll come back. I have no doubt in my mind he'll come back. Should he come back? Well, yeah, he's a football player. He's going to come back. I don't know if he should, you know, another 
No, I'm not going to say that. Stop, Will. Don't say that. I'm not going to say that. No, he should come back. Okay. He should definitely come back. You know, you just got to question that, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, he's a football player. You know, he probably hasn't Man figured up. out what he's going to do after football. So the ideal thing is to, and of course, he's he's on Hamilton's payroll till he recovers, correct? Because you cannot cut an injured player. That's correct. So. Well, that's why Drew Early's still getting a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't still, come back. I think that should be the seventh for, for one year. That that should be the seventh wonder of the world. <laughs> why Drew Willie is still playing professional football. And that's terrible because I don't know the guy and he's probably a good dude. So It's irrelevant if he's a good dude or not. He's not a good football player. Well, yeah, but he shouldn't pick on people. Come on. Why? Well, because bullying is against the law now, isn't it? Is it? Is there an actual well, law? I don't know if there's a law, but you just not it's just not it's just not right anymore, I guess. Oh. I wouldn't have thought that. As I've been told <laughs> again this week I have to be nicer to people that I work with. Okay, so but why? Whatever. I don't know. I, I have no I don't understand why if someone does something wrong. You shouldn't talk to them about it. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Me either. Guy's a putz. The guy's a putz. Right. How's <laughs> that? It's not an issue. That's not a concern. Okay. Enough of this bullshit. Moving on. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the show already. I don't. I, I don't mean that in any. No, I shouldn't have said that. I'm not tired of the show. I'm just so frustrated with football right now. I don't want to talk about it. You know, it's an amazing thing how people's perceptions are different. Okay, you're frustrated that BC isn't winning. No, I'm. No, I'm not I'm frustrated frust- that BC isn't winning. I'm frustrated that they can't get one goddamn yard to put themselves in a position to win. Well, I'm I'm frustrated that the Stampeders aren't killing everybody by 60 points, okay? Because I, I do believe that they're that strong and the CFL is that weak this year. So, But the whole me. thing is, Will, is Calgary is, is just as weak. <laughs> they're not playing good football at any time this year. That okay, correct. So I would agree. You're, you're frustrated they're not killing people. Well, they shouldn't be killing people because they're not that good of a team. The problem is the rest of us suck. That's Work. correct. So they are better than everybody else. Yeah. And I don't know why they're not showing it. They're not better than they were last year. They're not better than the oh, year I, before. I, I, I think they are better than they were last year and the year before. And any team in the last 10 years, to be honest with you. No. Well, then they're then they're embarrassing themselves with the, their play. I agree. Okay. Following this week's loss to Calgary, Bombers quarterback Matt Nichols seems to throw his receivers under the bus in his post-game comments. 
Is he beginning to, to crack under the pressure? And will we see the Bombers make a quarterback change if things do not improve? Mark is going to have a heyday with this one. So we're going to save him to last. Okay? Now, I don't care whether or not his comments were cherry-picked by TSN or CBC or Bob Irving or whoever. You don't say shit like that. The only thing that a quarterback is allowed to say after a loss is this was my fault. That's it. That's it. This loss is on me. It's the only thing he's allowed to say. Okay? When you win, you're allowed to spread it around. But when you lose... The only words that can come out of your mouth, whether you're the quarterback, you're the running back, you're a receiver, you're the coach, this loss is on me. Don't say a thing about anybody else. Because if you do, you look like an idiot. And Matt Nichols, right now, you look like an idiot. And I don't care if somebody asks him a question. I don't care about anything else. You don't say shit like that. The only thing you can say after a loss is, it's my fault. Charles. It's the old antidote, perception is reality. Do I think that, um, do I think that Matt Nichols was trying to throw his receivers under the bus? No, no. I don't think he was. The problem is, is the way he said what he said it could be interpreted that way. So that's where you get into an issue there. You've got to be selective with your words. Ultimately, because um, I remember I saw an interview with Travis Lule after last night's game, and he specifically said, we just didn't make enough plays. And as a quarterback, that's how you've got to respond to this, that, that. You can't see it. You can't seem like you're singling others out and trying to deflect blame off of yourself. Again, not what I, uh, not saying that that's exactly what he did, but again, like I said, perception is reality. People could have seen it like that. So that's why you've got to be selective. As the quarterback, you're expected to be the field general. So when you lose, you're expected to sh- he- shield the blame. That just goes with the territory of being the starting quarterback on a professional football team. That's what happens. So whether he did it or not, he said the wrong thing. So this is really the second week in a row that he's really putting his foot in his mouth. Maybe he should just stop giving interviews after games altogether because right now they're not working out well for him. I know he's not going to do that, but uh, I'm sorry, just – uh, you can't. You cannot keep doing stuff like that. Whether he did it, whether he threw his receivers under the bus or not, is irrelevant. The perception You've gotta is choose, you know, he did. You got to choose your words carefully, especially as a starting quarterback. Well, well. You see, getting back to what I was talking about earlier. I I I have no issues with guys being fingered and pointed out if they make mistakes. Okay? 
today, you know what? The worst thing about today's society is people don't want to hear the truth. It's that simple. Okay? In the locker room or watching these things on TV, we know who made the mistakes. We can see it with our eyes. You talk about BC receivers not catching the ball. You talk about Matt Nichols throwing interceptions. It's it's right there in front of your face, and I don't understand why we can't say that. I, oh, I guess because the truth hang, hang the on truth here, Will. Hang on, yes. hang on. We're all aware of it, okay? Everybody, the receivers know it. The fans know it. The coaches know it. You don't have to come out and say it. You don't. If it was well, that fucking obvious, it, Matt Nichols, shut your mouth. Yeah. Everybody else already knows. And if you want to bring it up, bring it up privately. Do not bring it up through the media. That just tends to make the situation worse. Well, but I, I do still believe the media takes things and runs with them, of course, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, do, don't give them the chance. You know, I'm I'm more offended by Matt Nichols saying that, you know, he didn't like getting booed by the fans, and we know he wasn't getting booed. The person who was getting booed was Mike O'Shea for putting him back in the game. But once again, I, I think I I really think that Matt Nichols has never had this kind of pressure on him. They want to win Bubba. games. They wanna they wanna play in the Grey Cup, not with that team. They're not gonna play in the Grey Cup, but they wanna play in the Grey Cup, and I think he's feeling the pressure because he also has. Okay, we also have somebody waiting in the wings, who they're thinking, oh, this guy could be the next quarterback. Maybe we should start him now instead of two years from now, and let him learn on the run. Because I, I really think Chris Strebler is the quarterback of the future. There, I said it first, right out of the gate. I mean, because I don't – I would be very, very, very surprised that you don't know – you don't need a great quarterback to win the Grey Cup, but I would very be very, very surprised if Matt Nichols ever wins a Grey Cup with what Winnipeg. Happened? Huh? Huh? What? What does that mean? What does that mean? Is he still there? Christopher? I think we may have lost Christopher. It sounds like it. Uh, oh, there he is. Yeah, he just, he just got, got cut, cut off. off. Mm-hmm. Blog chalk strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, you can finish your thought, Will. Um, I, I I I don't think he's the quarterback to win them a Grey Cup, and I think if if you know what if they lose the next two games, I think people are going to be calling for Strebler even more and more and more. So we yep. shall see. Yep. All right. Well, that's good. Well, Mark, this is your team here. It's your quarterback. Uh, you're kind of in the middle of things there as far as um, uh, this going on with Winnipeg. What are your thoughts on this? You know, he's obviously frustrated. Um, He hasn't played that well. And 
like you said, Charles, this hasn't happened to him before. He's never had this kind of pressure. He's And he's not handling it well. And when you consider his head coach is the ultimate in deflection. Mm-hmm. You know, so how was your game? I have to look at the film. That's what he needs to say. Just go with what your head coach does, which is says nothing. He shouldn't have said it. I'm more pissed off at guys like Milt Stiegel, who played the game and know how the media takes things and runs with it. He was the first one jumping down Nichols' throat about it, saying that he threw his receivers under the bus. I have since sent Mr. Stiegel a couple of tweets about it, including the um, tweet from Bob Irving that I just posted. Of course, he's not going to answer me because he's just a media jock now. That's all he is. He used to be a football player. He thinks he's loved around the world, and now he's just a media jock. He's the one who's really that's pissed me off. Yeah, I'm pissed at Nichols right now. He should have just kept his mouth shut. But Stiegel also knows from playing as many years as he did what the media does. And they've jumped on this. TSN is jumping on this and running with it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's I guess that's their job, is to yep. create the controversy. There is some call already, obviously, and there's been a call since Strebler came in. And there's a lot of people wanting Strebler in. I want Nichols in again next week. They're idiots. Okay, no I offense. Want... Matt Nichols is your quarterback. Strebler is not the godsend that everybody thinks he is. No, he's not. Well, how do we know? He's played three games, and he's one and two. Yeah. I know. He's played three games, he's one and two. We don't know. And I don't want to find out, especially in Regina on Labor Day. Nobody has fun on Labor Day in Regina. It's just a nasty atmosphere for an opposing team. It, you need Nichols in there. Yeah, put, let's put a raw rookie in. Yeah. That, make, that makes sense. You know, there's going to be the school of thought of, well, yeah, but he's played in college. Um, yeah, he played in Division Two in front of 30,000 people. This isn't Division One where they play in front of 80,000 lunatics. Um, it's, it's Nichols is our best chance to win. He's got to prove it to himself right now. He's obviously still injured because last year and the year before when he started, he was doing a lot of running. And now it's like he's like Bo Levi Mitchell. He is not going to run. So there's a lot of pressure on our receivers to get their routes right and get them right fast. But like I said earlier in my rant, our receiving core isn't that good. Without Dressler, it's not that good. So he needs to shut up. He needs to learn from Mike O'Shea and the cone of silence, and I need to look at the film. That's all I want to hear from Nichols the rest of the season when they stick a microphone in their face after the game. Win or lose, I need to look at the film. That's all he needs to say. Was the media wrong to take a 30-second interview question and use 11 words from it? Yes. 
Was he dumb? No, they weren't. Most? That's their job. He, he was. Yeah, no, I've said that already. That's their job. Was, he was also dumb as a post to say yeah. it. If he's he going to give them mean, sound bites like that, oh man, yeah. he deserves everything he gets. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm just as pissed off with mm-hmm. guys like Milt Stegall that played the game and know what the media does. Yeah, it's just it bothers me when guys that played the game do that. It's you don't remember what they used to do to you, Steagle, and still do every time you chirp about something and they throw the fact that you don't have a great cup ring. Think about it. And, no, Nichols needs to just shut up and play football. He hasn't all of a sudden become the next Drew Willie. He's a good quarterback. Christopher, I didn't say he's elite. I said he's a good quarterback. That's it. He needs to go and play football. Whether he wins or loses, he needs to play better, and he needs to just shut up. And I'm pretty sure O'Shea has told him that already. He better have. That's it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can only rub it in so long. Who's in a playoff position right now, Christopher? I'm sorry? <laughs> Who's in a playoff position right now? You want to run? Uh, Calgary. <laughs> Calgary's about the only team I can give the playoff position to. <laughs> Will, are we keeping you awake or maybe you're not? No, we're not. He's, I don't think he's we snoring. Are. Will, wake up. Will, you're snoring. I'm awake. <laughs> Don't be doing that. At least mute the mic when you're going to snore. Well, how do I know when I'm going to snore if I snore, okay? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Like, mute the mic, man. You were, you, were, you were boring me about Winnipeg because, you know, Calgary beat Winnipeg on the weekend, so who cares? We know that. We saw the game, okay? Okay. As was rumored for the past week, Deron Carter has finally signed with the Toronto Argonauts. Will he be able to play under Mark Tressman's system, and can he thrive in it? Now, hang on. It's, it's not our week. Is he going to thrive in Mark Tressman's system? And it's not whether or not he can play for Mark Tressman. Mark Tressman is a disciplinary freak, okay? He's not going to let Deron Carter get away with shit. It's not going to happen. Now, We've all said this. We've said this many times on this show. Deron Carter is exceptionally good when he comes into a team. He watches his P's and Q's. He plays football. He minds his manners. He does what needs to be done, and off he goes. So he's the perfect rental player for halfway point in a season. Wins. Will, you okay? Yep. Okay, good. It, we're at Labor Day. This is the perfect opportunity for any team to pick up Deron Carter. Why? Because he's going to be a good boy for the next 10 weeks. No guarantees after that. Next year? Uh-uh. Cut his ass loose. Regardless of what he does this year, he's not going to be your buddy. It, it doesn't nope. matter where it is, whether it's Montreal, whether it's been Saskatchewan, whether it's anywhere – Dron Carter can't keep his mouth shut. He thinks he's going to find a home with you, and then he's going to start doing stupid shit. 
Because that's what he is. A stupid shit. That's my take on this one. Will, what's yours? My question to you, Mark, is why did the Bombers not sign to Ron Carter? Because in my mind, sorry, Winnipeg does not have a number one receiver. You're not wrong. Um, there's been some going back and forth on one of the other pages I'm on about that. Uh, O'Shea said immediately, not happening. A, I don't know how much money we have. B, he's uh, he's not going to fit in that dressing room. There's no way. But and he, O'Shea, he is, O'Shea he wants this year. He will no. this year. No, not in Winnipeg. No, yeah, but you see, the way I looked at it, the way I looked at it is Winnipeg has enough, has enough strong enough veteran personalities that he wouldn't get away with anything. Oh, trust me, I want him. I wanted him in Winnipeg because, like you said, our receiving core is weak. When Darvin Adams is your number one guy and all he does is drop passes, it's weak. Right. So, go ahead. Um, you know what? You know, I guess like like you said, Christopher. You know, for the next ten games, or what are we at? Week nine, or week eight, or week ten, whatever it is. For the next eight games, he'll fit into Toronto, and then you cut him. That simple. Yep. Mm-hmm. I so, know that. I mean, that's my yeah. That's what I would do. You know, can Toronto use him? Absolutely, Toronto can use him. Okay, there's a couple of teams that could use them. Toronto's one of them. Winnipeg's one of them. Um, Montreal can Montreal can use whoever they get. BC. Okay, so you know, but yeah, I, I'm I'm sick about talk, talking about him anyways because we never really talk about what he does in a game. We talk about what he does everywhere else. So, you know, what can I say? Go ahead. I can't shut Greg Dar up. It's not within my power. <laughs> Todd's having a problem with reality, and reality is biting him in the ass. But that being said, Calgary Stampeder fans are annoying. Okay. Mark. Deron Carter, what would you do with him? Is he going to be okay in Toronto? Oh, he'll be fine in Toronto. I think with the way Bethel Thompson throws, um, he's going to actually, I won't say thrive, but he'll be fine. He'll fit in there. It's a big city. He's going to love it. And the smart thing he's done, Deron's no longer on Twitter. It's disappointing for those of us that followed him. But, um, Charles, you're not the only one that can't see his tweets anymore. He is no longer on Twitter, which is a really smart That's move for him. That's probably a good, thing, good idea. And I've got a strong suspicion that Pop and Trestman basically told him, this is your last chance. There's a new football league opening up. You want to go back to the States? Shut up and play football. 
Maybe you listen for once. Nope. That's it. Really it's, not, it's not possible. He's not going to listen. <laughs> he might for those nine games or ten games or whatever's left. No, he's not going to listen. He's not going to listen any more than Will does. <laughs> no. Charles. Well, they said this about Chris Jones, but I think uh, Tressman's a better example of it. If he can't get Deron Carter to play for him and to smarten up, no one ever will. This this is literally last chance for Deron Carter. Uh, if he screws up here, he's done in the CFL. I don't think anyone's going to touch him again. Having said that, if he comes in and he stays smartened up and he actually just goes out and plays football to his top of his ability, this could be a very big signing for the Toronto Argonauts. I mean, when he plays his best, he's a very talented, maybe the most talented receiver in the CFL. And if he can just go out and play football and ignore all the other junk, this, I think, is a great signing for the Argos. It's a signing that can help put him over the top in the Eastern Division. Um, but we got to wait and see. we got to wait and see if Deron Carter is just going to be there and play football, or is he going to be taking a bunch of people out to the movies every weekend? That kind of remains to be seen, so we just got to wait and see and just look and just find out if um, if this is going to uh, work out for them. But uh, I'm interested to see how he plays and uh, if he's going to be the contributing factor that he hasn't been, wasn't this season in Saskatchewan. I do know this. Mark Trestman probably has more sense to play him on offense and not try and make him into a defensive back. At least I would hope that's the case. So... Um, Let's just see how this works out. I I think it could end up working out very well for Toronto as long as he smartens up. Well, just deleting his Twitter account is either smart on his part or smart on the uh, management of the Toronto Argonauts. Okay? I agree. Whoever, whoever initiated this or demanded this or took it upon themselves to make this happen was probably – is is working on the best ha- behalf of Deron Carter and the Toronto Argonauts, okay? Because yeah, and I have, heard I heard Tressman was the guy because Tressman apparently hates Twitter, and he hates anybody being on Twitter. So, and I knew, I know, Deron Carter went to Toronto not to talk to uh, Jim Pop but to talk to Mark Tressman because Mark Tressman has never worked with him before. So, Yeah. So, you know, if, if that's – if there's only one other person that shouldn't have a Twitter account that I can think of. Do you know who it is? Well, Levi. Donald Trump. <laughs> He's the president. He doesn't have a coach. He needs one. He needs one badly. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Okay. Moving he on. Needs something. He needs something. 
I, I personally, I don't know why he. Oh, we've only got three minutes left in the show. Wow. Wow. I've been having so much fun. I'm glad um, you're having fun. I know. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna go on a rant on the last two, and if you guys want to add something real quick at the end, you go ahead. The CFL announced last week that they are relaxing the rules with respect to touchdown celebrations. Is this a smart move or a move that could be detrimental to results? Look, who gives a shit? Let them have fun. They just scored a touchdown, and if they want to show off and be jackasses, let them. They want to crawl through tunnels, let them. Who cares? They're having fun. They're getting paid to do this. Let them do it. I don't have a problem with it. B. Me either. Step two. I'm going on to the next one, okay? You guys can rant in a minute. Toronto TFC is complaining again. Sebastian Giovinco. Who cares a shit, goddamn wop? Took another shot at the playing surface at BMO Field on Saturday, complaining that the Toronto TFC has to share a stadium with the Argos. Will these guys ever stop? No, they won't. You know what? With the quality of play in MLS soccer, they could play in a cow pasture and it wouldn't make a difference to the game, okay? BMO Field is one of the nicest surfaces around. Suck it up or you're going to get artificial grass, okay? What a bunch of putzes. I can't deal with soccer players. They're such whiners. Okay, go ahead. Anybody want to touch this touchdown celebrations? You are you arguing with the league? Anybody disagree with the league? Does it no, really no, matter no, no, what they, they they give penalties? Add to some no, entertainment value. Absolutely. This is a good yep. move. Go for yes. it. Yes. Okay. Does anybody give a shit about the soccer players whining about BMO Field? You can nope. shut up and go away. If you don't want, if you don't like the playing surface at BMO Field. Go play somewhere else. Find you don't have stadium, to be in man. Toronto. Be Go back to Italy. Okay. If you were a real, if you were a real Italian, soccer player, yeah, if you, you wouldn't a real be playing in North player, America. You wouldn't be playing the MLS, right? Exactly, man. Okay, uh, we're gonna wrap this one up right now because we've got like 90 seconds left in the game, in the show. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast Episode 275. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and I have been on a rant tonight, okay? And I apologize to anybody out there that I may have offended. I don't really care, but I, may, I, I am apologizing, okay? So um, you guys take care. Enjoy yourselves. We'll be back Wednesday night to preview uh, Week 12 of this ridiculous CFL season that uh, seriously, you don't even have a good team in this league. I mean, Calgary is showing that they are, but they're not even playing good football. Okay. Mark, say good night. Good night, everybody. Talk to you on Wednesday and BC sucks. Yeah. And so do the bars. Look at that. They got blown. Mind you, that's not a bad thing, is it? Okay. Charles, go ahead. Good night, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Labor Day coming up. Labor Day's coming up. Yeah, we're going to preview the Labor Day weekends. BC has the bye, of course. That's the only way they're not yep. going to lose on Labor Day. Well, say good night. Good night, everybody. Look for the cuts before Labor Day this week, and go Owls, go. Yeah, go Owls.